In the immortal, albeit fictional, words of Angelica Schuyler from Hamilton, he will never be satisfied. First of all, you're welcome for sparing you the pain of hearing me actually sing the song. But more importantly, the he we are referring to today is anyone and everyone who might stumble upon your B2B content from a Google search. Searchers may say they're satisfied, but that bar is not good enough. Let's talk about why. You're listening to the Content Head Podcast with me, Joe Michalowski. Every week I dive into one big idea that's come up in my day-to-day while leading content in B2B SaaS. Listen in for lessons and rants about working through the challenges of being a lean content team in the do more with less environment we all find ourselves in. Thanks for joining me to nerd out about content. Let's get into it. My friends Nigel Stevens, owner of OGM, the SEO agency, and John Collins, former content leader at Intercom and at Ramp, they released some research about the world of B2B SEO recently, and there's a ton of great information there. I will link it in the show notes. But there were a couple of data points that stood out to me that I really wanted to dig into in one of these podcast episodes. So I'm going to list off three or four different stats. So first, Google remains the number one source of information gathering for people who are in the software buying process. Company blogs and websites are the most common sort of source from those Google searches. Second stat, 80% of people say they are satisfied or very satisfied with the search information on B2B topics. Okay, great. Good job, everybody. Great job. Satisfied searchers. Then 55% say B2B content tends to look and feel the same, and another 39% say they zone out or glaze over company website content. I'm sorry, what? Uh, A little eye-opening for me. Uh, If everyone is so satisfied with their results, that's what they said, why is there such indifference for the primary result that shows up on those pages, the blog and the website? The truth is that satisfying your target audience, it just isn't good enough anymore. And as John and Nigel say as a takeaway in their report, mass producing vanilla content isn't going to cut it anymore. I couldn't agree more. It has been a hallmark of the work that I've tried to do for Mosaic and in the past for clients uh, on the agency side. But I want to talk a little bit about what this looks like in practice. And so the best example I have is the full-on AI-powered SEO function that has sort of exploded into popularity in recent, we'll call it months, but maybe like a year or so. And so basically, like whether it's ChatGPT or any of the many, many SEO-powered tools that are promising to write all of your content and help you scale to, to the masses... Uh, whichever one you go with, uh, that, that's what we're going to focus on. And so uh, a competitor of mine with Mosaic, I, I'm not going to name names here, all of a sudden, almost seemingly overnight, it wasn't actually overnight, but seemingly overnight, exploded from very little to like 600,000 sessions of organic traffic per month, according to the Ahrefs report and according to the case study that I saw from uh, a vendor who helped them do it. That is a huge number. Hats off. Incredible. Not an easy thing to do, no matter how you're doing it. Uh, And the headline is attention grabbing, uh, for sure. But, you know, as the skeptic that I am, you know, I look a little closer. Um, Never really hear this competitor in gong calls. It doesn't just come up a lot. And so I'm like, all right, if you're reaching this many people, like, why isn't there, you know, as more of a following for what you're doing? And so I look at an example and I look up the Ahrefs page and basically like a massive amount of this traffic and just as one example, this is one category, let's say, 
of probably a handful that they did in this sort of same vein. It was driven by an Excel shortcuts subfolder. And so like tens of thousands of sessions are programmatically, systematically generated through like hundreds of variations of like Excel shortcuts, keywords and pages. So Excel shortcuts for X, Excel shortcuts for Y, Excel shortcuts for Z and just, just on and on and on. I was like, wow, like that's, you know, usually you see the programmatic sort of landing page approach. So this is really interesting. So the blog content that was kind of built under this massive opportunity of keywords. And so I open up one of the pages. I'm like, okay, I have to, I have to check it out, see what's going on. I look through the pages and what do I find? I find listicles that are basically just header copy as the shortcut. So it's like number one, control plus whatever, like, I don't know, control plus X for cut and then one line of text under each one that says like, hit the tab button to copy or wh whatever it is the, the function was doing. And then it moves on to the next one. So like if it's 25 Excel shortcuts for something, there's 25 of these headers and then that's it, it just kind of ends. And so what, what I realized is like, there's a huge difference between satisfying search intent and really satisfying the needs of a target prospect, let's say, for a B2B product. So these pages, Excel shortcuts, they absolutely satisfy the search intent. It's even relevant to what we do. Like as I, I work in the FP and a software space. So we're kind of like Excel replacements for financial modeling, financial analysis. And so, yeah, if you're talking to finance folks, getting them to your website by talking about Excel shortcuts is a great idea. Again, hats off. But those articles don't offer any additional value beyond just saying what the shortcuts are. And they don't offer value to the reader beyond those shortcuts. And they definitely don't offer any value to the business. There's nothing that ties these articles into, you know, what is going on at the business. There's no, there isn't even like a CTA. It's like, hey, like, you know, automate these or find a faster way with X product. And so I was a little confused there. And... It, what I'm realizing is more and more, and I, I've mentioned this in one episode before, is like your search content really needs to be building brand affinity. Like what's in this article to help readers level themselves up in their careers? What's in it to help them go beyond the basics of their job to, to you know, people want to get raises. They want to get promotions. They want to accomplish some really hard task at work and, and look better. Like you need to make the reader the hero in their role, not just say like, oh, you searched for Excel shortcuts, here are some Excel shortcuts. And so again, what John and Nigel say about this is like, we can't just be producing mass producing vanilla search content. And so what, what does that mean? Here's, you know, in response to sort of this Excel shortcuts example, I think it means a few things. And first, I think it means going the extra mile to find a balance between satisfying SEO requirements and adding thought leadership. I think traditionally SEO content and thought leadership have really been not at odds at odds is maybe a little too aggressive, but they've definitely been separate buckets and you'd have an SEO strategy and you'd have a, a thought leadership strategy. And you kind of, if you tried to mash them together, you kind of just ended up with a watered down thought leadership piece with subpar search optimization that needs to go away. Like you need to be able to write 
search optimized articles that have a thesis that have unique insights in them that other articles don't offer. And so the second thing I'd say is like, find topics and keywords by design that enable you to do that. So don't just find the topics that lead to Wikipedia facts of things like forcing you to just write the same thing as everyone else. An example in my world would be, we did an article about, you know, gap accounting. So not, not to get in the weeds, but it's generally accepted accounting principles. These are compliance requirements. There's nothing I can really add to an article about the compliance requirements beyond like just maybe a, another article that talks about kind of, you know, streamlining or automating or, or something. But the, the accounting principles themselves are going to be the same everywhere. So I'm kind of just writing like different variations of what a, a law says or eh, not a law, but a regulation. And so why don't we do something like, you know, headcount planning instead? Like this, this is a very nuanced topic. Can we do more how-to keywords on things that there's no right answer to? Like, so we can offer our unique perspective. We can offer really helpful guidance on how to get through what is a traditionally very difficult thing to do. And, you know, we can position it around our product. And so again, it won't work for everything, but can you find more of those topics than you do with Excel shortcuts, which is just like, Hey, here's the Excel shortcut. It just is what it is. And the third thing I would say is like weaving together different content formats and that this is something that John and Nigel found in the research. And so I was really happy to see it. It's like quantitative backup for what I think a lot of us in this industry have realized. And it's not rocket science. Like people like variants in content formats. If you log into any social media site, like what do you like to see? You like to see video clips. Uh, you like to see, I don't know, TikTok videos and Instagram reels and like the, the vertical format. And you want to see podcasts so like audio clips and you want to see imagery like really great infograph like all of these things should exist not just in a bucket outside of your seo strategy but inside the articles themselves embed these embed videos into your blog post product videos let people see what's going on embed you know your podcast player like that's worked really well for us at mosaic is having like when we reference insights from a podcast, put the player from, you know, we use Buzzsprout, put it, put the Buzzsprout player right in the article. So, you know, will everyone sit down and just listen to it at their desktop? No, but it exposes them to another content type. And maybe like we can turn them into a listener that way. Add more images. Like I, I've never been big on just like throwing images into articles for the sake of it, but I've seen some really cool stuff from like industry thought leaders on LinkedIn making really nice infographics about complicated topics, uh, especially in the finance space, like how to read a balance sheet, just really nice looking infographics with all the basics of that. And like, you could embed that into a, a blog post, no problem. And so I would love to see more of that. And that's the kind of thing that helps you go above and beyond the basic search intent. And so just want to say thank you to, to John and Nigel for putting the survey together as somebody who works in the space and has a has a podcast about it where I just kind of get really nerdy about these things. It was nice to read through and have a lot of my thoughts validated, not just with ad hoc sort of anecdotal stories, but with actual data. So thank you to the two of them. And, you know, without further ado, I'll kind of get to my, my, my few nuggets at the end to kind of wrap us up. And 
After the rip, we talked about uh, Satisfied from Hamilton. In the past, I don't have it anymore, but it used to be right over my shoulder watching the video. A big Hamilton poster. Maybe that one will make an appearance someday, but I've always loved Hamilton since my wife and I went to see it. And so be like Hamilton. Never be satisfied, except maybe a little less aggressively than, than Hamilton. That's okay. But what that means, just go above and beyond with your content. Searches will start to trust you. Like, will you explode in traffic the way some like AI-powered tools can make it happen? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe you can get the resources to make both happen at the same time. But if you go above and beyond and you make a name for yourself as a company or a brand or a person that does that, people will trust you and you'll become the kind of company that bucks the trend that John and Nigel found, which is people just do not trust B2B vendors when it comes to buying content around buying decisions. And so number two, use AI as much as you would like to your heart's desire. This is not about, you know, this is not an anti-AI run at all. But don't give yourself over to it entirely. That's what the example we went through talked about. It's like, no matter what the tool promises you about, we write content that withstands AI or Google's new algorithm updates, helpful content didn't take us down, like, blah, blah, whatever they say. Put yourself into, like, let AI make you more efficient, but put your unique thoughts, add to it, make it yours, because it's never going, it's just going to produce baseline bland content no matter what the, the vendors say they can do. And then the last thing I'll say is just SEO isn't dead or dying. There's a lot of panic going on. Is it evolving? Absolutely. But there is an appetite for information that goes far beyond what BARD or Bing or ChatGPT or whatever like generative AI search engine can give you. Those things will eat into the traffic that we're talking about, the, the fact-based, the kind of Wikipedia, like what is X, X is da-da-da-da-da. So maybe we'll lose some traffic to these basic snippets. Maybe we'll lose some traffic to those higher level articles you have. But if you can build your content engine, your organic growth engine around the appetite for the information that goes beyond it, Google, the, those articles are still going to rank. People might have to get better and they will. They'll evolve to, you know, they'll gloss over those uh, generative AI results if they're not giving them what they need. So if there's one thing we know, it's that uh, searchers say they're satisfied, but they will never be satisfied. And so I wanted to make sure we were all on the same page on that. But otherwise, that's all I've got for you guys today. So thanks for listening. And John and Nigel, thanks again for putting together such great research. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Content Head Podcast. One thing before you go, I'd love to hear your thoughts about today's topic. Send a note to contentheadshow at gmail.com and let me know what's on your mind. And if you liked the episode, be sure to follow Content Head wherever you listen to your podcast. I'll see you on the next one.